Get ready to enjoy an earful of auditory indulgence as you explore Tom Moon's book, 1,000 Recordings to Hear Before You Die, presented in cooperation with Workman Publishing. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 7 of the 1,000 Recordings podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Joseph Landman, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the kind Mitchell Davis. Hey, how's it going? Not much. As it gets going good, um, went for something simple this week, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so on this episode, we have a bunch of diverse stuff, a bunch of stuff I've never heard before in my life, and uh, we're gonna start it off with the Art Ensemble of Chicago. Then that's going to be followed by Fred Astaire. Uh, then Albert, no, I'm leaving something out. Um, Chester and Lester, right? Yeah, there Chet, you go. Chet Atkins and Les Paul. Um, then Albert Eiler. That's yeah, what, that's what I'm going to say it. Albert Eiler. Yeah, and finally, right. um, Baby Huey and the Babysitters. And I, I mean, I seen Fred Astaire in movies. <laughs> yeah but um ap- apart from that um and I, i've heard um bits of uh chet atkins and les paul on their own just uh, mm-hmm. various but i've never heard any of this stuff um, yeah. prior to this week yeah for, for the most part i it was pretty unfamiliar to me too i like fred astaire I, i'd heard him sing night and day before it's just one of those songs that i associate with him but for the most part you know the variety of, of what we listened to was very new to me as well. So, yeah. Well, let's start with the Art Ensemble of Chicago. That's the first album this week. Uh, man, these guys are something to see. Yeah, off the chain for real. Yeah, you you have you kind of have to. I mean, we we're gonna obviously play some excerpts uh, from their album um, Urban Bushmen, which was released in 1982. And uh, that's the album, obviously, that Tom Moon talks about in the book. But really, to get the full experience, you have to go to YouTube and watch them. Oh, yeah. They're a trip. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. Costumes and masks and just all kinds of stuff going on on stage. I mean, to me, it was a lot like what what Sun Ra would do or or Parliament, Funkadelic, George Clinton style you know, staging. I mean, it was it was not what I expected. I expected it to be something a lot more traditional looking than than that. I was like, wow, they they were really bringing a, a whole different vibe to what they <laughs> <laughs> yeah what they're doing. So yeah, I mean, it's almost hard to categorize. I mean, it's obviously based in jazz, but uh, they just they're so free with what they do that yes, it yes. almost defies uh, categorization. Yeah, they it's free, but has a great groove to it. I mean, it it, it never seems like it, it it's just boiling over with, you know, whatever. They they definitely know how to jam. You know, I mean, I I was really glad to to discover this. I mean, because I I I had never really heard anything from them that I know of before, and uh, really cool. Yeah. Well, the first track we're gonna check out is called Bush Magic, and. Uh, the number of instruments played on this is just um, staggering. So, so they'll you know walk around the stage. The stage is full of instruments, and the performers will walk around and a lot of times 
switch between instruments and play different instruments. And on yeah. this, you know, this track right here, uh, the, the, I think the main solo lines is there's a flutist in the beginning and then the end there's a bass solo. Mm-hmm. But underneath that, you get this tapestry of sound and rhythm created by uh, all kinds of stuff like xylophones and marimbas, uh, triangle, glockenspiel, chimes, cowbells, wood blocks, different drums. And I noticed uh, in one part of the song, which I'll try to include this in the excerpt that we play, somebody's playing those plastic tubes that you like whirl over your head. You know what I mean? And they yeah. make that noise. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know what that is, but I yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, what did you think of Bush Magic? Uh, I, I love them. I, I, that's, that's probably the, the the most interesting thing that I think we're going to get to this week is uh, is their music. I mean, just nothing like it I've ever seen. Like I said, I, yeah. I, I've seen some people that are kind of similar, but but nothing quite like this. I mean, where they, like you said, I mean, they multi-instrumentation where they, they just switch at the drop of a dime and then and then sound great still. I mean, you know, very, very, very skilled musicians, but uh, eclectic, if you will. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's an <laughs> understatement. Um, uh, yeah, let's just check this out, this first one, so we uh, know what we're getting into. Um, this is the Art Ensemble of Chicago from their album Urban Bushman. This is Bush Magic. And that was Bush Magic. Um, see that you know George W. could have used that on his campaign. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he would. <laughs> I'm sure he would love that one. <laughs> um, so that was Bush Magic, and uh, we're going to move on to Oddwalla theme. Uh, this is another. You know, uh, this is a. I, I'd say a little more um, conventional than than. Bush Magic is, is as far as like jazz is concerned. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a nice groove uh, and uh, I think really captures 
what I wrote down is the sort of chaotic energy of their live show. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got this energy, but it's always, you know, it's got this chaotic element because the just everything's moving and, you know, the, the, everything's changing and, and uh, you never know what, kind of what's coming next. And um, yeah, there, there's a lot of spontaneity to it. I mean, you would, you would imagine, I guess, somehow or another, somebody sat down and, and wrote this. But if they did, I'm like, you know, what kind of mind would come up with something <laughs> like this that yeah. would actually sit and write a piece like this. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I imagine a lot of this probably came originally just from them kind of jamming and, and, and doing just whatever. And then going back through and listening to what they did and go, okay, this, this is good. And that's good. And we don't like this. And cause I mean, it, it's, it's totally crazy at times. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Um, that uh the wind players well i think the band is kind of led by lester bowie he's the trumpet player yeah and there's two other guys that play wind instruments joseph jarman and roscoe mitchell and tom moon says that joseph jarman on this album was credited with playing over 20 instruments on the album including the full range of saxophones so i would assume that would be you know soprano alto alto tenor and baritone yeah he's definitely He's definitely um, rocking the baritone sax. I, I love the baritone sax stuff on this. It's just is incredible. You know? Oh yeah, and he he plays something else called a uh, bass pan drums. I don't know what the hell that is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and even bassoon. So I mean, he's he's all over the place um, on yeah. this. But yeah, yeah, very talented, very talented guys. Yeah, I, it it was just one of those things. I was not expecting it to be like this. I mean, you know. I, I knew it would possibly be really good, but not this good, you know, not this out there and good. So it, it was a very pleasant surprise. Yeah. So like I said, you know, we're going to play this last track, but um, like I said before, uh, it, all we can do is give you a small part of what this band is. Uh, you you really got to go to get the full effect and watch them. Yeah, um, definitely. So, it, yeah. It's, it's a visual sight to see for sure it's just <laughs> i mean that, the clip that i posted earlier this week you know i was just kind of you know thumbing through and looking to see you know what i could find from them and it was the first thing that came up on youtube and i was like man <laughs> yeah that was my reaction too yeah yeah so let's check this out the last track from um, art ensemble of chicago from their album urban bushman this is odd theme Yeah. 
And we just heard Oddwalla theme by the Art Ensemble of Chicago. And we're going to move on to Fred Astaire, uh, the Hollywood legend, really, Fred yeah. Astaire. And, you know, the first time I saw um, Fred Astaire in a movie dancing, if any of you out there haven't seen Fred Astaire dance in a movie, you need to go right now yeah. to YouTube because this guy was... Extraordinary. Oh, yeah, that's a good word. He was he was extraordinary. I mean, his, you know, and he was. It's it's, uh, kind of interesting because he was always paired in these movies with a female partner. Yeah. Um. A lot of times, Ginger Rogers was his longtime collaborator. But the more clips I watch, is just like, I I never saw anybody that was at his level. I mean, it seemed like he was always just a level above everybody else. And uh, I don't know. Is he just amazing? And I'm not really into watching dance. You know, that's not something that I do, but um, he's amazing. So uh, uh, anyway, but this album is an album he came out with in 1953 called Steppin' Out A Stair Sings, where he just concentrated on on his singing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a bunch of old standards, you know, kind of like you would hear uh, Sinatra or any of those people do. Um, and the first track is Dancing in the Dark, um, by written by Arthur Schwartz and Howard Dietz. And what do you think of this one? I, I liked it. It was the first time I'd, I'd heard um, this song at all. Um you know, very nice, I guess, romantic, even if if you would. Yeah. Which which, you know, was was like a running theme seemingly in, in most of his music. And, um, you know, that I guess, you know, you would consider him definitely a romantic icon, so to speak, or a leading man type in movies where, you know, that that's really what his claim to fame was. And amazingly, he, he has a great, great voice. But I guess because of his dancing ability, it kind of eclipsed you know, most of what he did as far as singing, you know? Yeah. And, um, I, I, I would guess that he was probably the most popular entertainer of his time, you know, uh, just watching back at, at film and, and, and clips of his, the, the things that he would do. I mean, where, you know, like in, in Elvis's movies where they would pretty much focus on him singing almost throughout the movie, I mean, Fred Astaire would have these huge dance numbers, you know, where he he would just dance through the whole picture almost. And, um, you know, but this is just a, you know, another so-called, I guess, facet of, of what he was about. So, um, yeah, but definitely, definitely like this, this song. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's check it out. This this um, it's yeah, it's uh, just like you said, kind of romantic, kind of really low key, subdued music and uh his he's kind of you know his voice is kind of good for this kind of matches uh-huh. it um yeah. so this is dancing in the dark sung by fred astaire dancing in the dark till the tune ends we're dancing in the dark and it soon ends we're waltzing in the wonder of why we're here time hurries by we're here 
and gone Looking for the light Of a new love To brighten up the night I have you, love And we can face the music Together Dancing in the dark What though love is old What though song is old Through them we can be young Hear this heart of mine Make yours part of mine Dear one, tell me that we're one. And we just heard Dancing in the Dark by Fred Astaire. And we're going to move on to a tune that's a super standard, uh, that be, well, that became a super standard, Cole Porter's Night and Day. And uh, Astaire, I read, actually introduced this song um, on stage and then in a film uh, in 1934, the film was called The Gay Divorcee. So, in a simpler time when gay had a, oh, a, yeah. a definitely different meaning. <laughs> yeah, that, that it's funny you should bring that up. I, I was talking to one of my sons the other day about how, you know, back in the day, gay had a, a whole different meaning. Not that that's good or bad or whatever, but, you know, gay was just, it was not gay of today, so to speak. Right. So. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he, he introduced this in the movie The Gay Divorcee. And um, when they asked Cole Porter where he got his inspiration for this tune, Cole Porter repeatedly claimed that he got his inspiration from the Islamic call to worship that he heard on a trip to Monaco. Hmm. Yeah. That's I, interesting. <laughs> I know. I, I You know, it, it sort of makes you think about the song in a whole different way. <laughs> wow but um yeah that that's that's uh you know that's what it says on wikipedia and if it says it on wikipedia you know it has to be true right uh-huh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know uh this song not only features obviously fred astaire's great voice but it features this great band that he got together mm-hmm. for this album uh which included oscar peterson on piano the the jazz piano legend Oscar yes. Peterson uh, Bernie Kessel on guitar Flip Phillips on sax so really great band and there's a great piano solo by Oscar Peterson in this song which I'll try to get in the excerpt that we play um, and I also just wanted to mention that this song Night and Day uh, it's been recorded a lot oh man <laughs> Uh, just some of the names I can rattle off here. Um, Bill Evans, Art Tatum, Billy Holiday, Frank Sinatra, Dion Warwick, Ella Fitzgerald, Ringo Starr, Doris Day, Jamie Callum, Etta James, U2, uh, yeah. Everything But the Girl, uh, Little Ru- I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Um, yeah. Ironically, the, the U2 one that came out, it was uh, an album. I think it was, uh, ooh, was it red hot and blue? Yeah, I think it was. I it think was like you're a, right. Yeah, yeah. It was like an album that was. It was a. It was all the money that was uh, 
going into that album went for, I think, uh, AIDS charities and, and research. Because when U2 did that version, I, I thought to myself, who did the the very first version? And it led me back to to Fred Astaire. And I, I he was, I couldn't find anybody ahead of him that had done it. So I always think of him, you know, generally when I think of this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was another album that came out too, where it's called Red Hot Plus Cool. Yeah, they they've they've had quite a few Red Hot albums. Um, I really like that album. The, it was sort of like uh, hip hop artists paired with jazz artists. Yeah, I think it. I think it had Donald Byrd and the Roots and uh, yes, Herbie Hancock, uh, Michelle and Daigle Cello was on that. Oh, that's uh, the first place I heard um, MC Solar. He's that French rapper. Yeah, he's great. I mean, I don't yeah. really speak French, but I just I like his rhyme style and and the tracks that that he raps over. Yeah, I think that was like the first time I'd, I'd seen him as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but anyway, Night and Day. Um, uh, this, well, um, let's just play it, I guess. Um, All right. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, you know, this, this song is just, a permanent fixture of like the American songbook. I mean, that's really all you yeah. can say about it. So um, let's hear Night and Day by its original uh, singer. Like the tick, tick, tock of the stately clock as it stands against the wall. Like the drip, drip, drip of the raindrops when the summer shower is through. So a voice within me keeps repeating you, 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 night and day. You are the one, only you beneath the moon and under the sun, whether near to me or far. It's no matter, darling, where you are, I think of you. Night and day, day and night, why is it so that this longing for you follows wherever I go? In the roaring traffic's boom In the silence of my lonely room I think of you Night and day Night and day Under the hide of me There's an oh such a hungry yearning burning inside of me and its torment won't be through till you let me spend my life making love to you day and night night and day We just heard Night and Day uh, by Cole Porter, sung by Fred Astaire. And we're going to move on to Chet Atkins and Les Paul. 
from their album Chester and Lester, released in 1977. And uh, these two guys are kind of guitar legends. Um, if you're a guitar player, certainly you've heard of these two guys, at least heard of them. Um, yeah. And uh, Les Paul is very famous and revered in the rock music world and pop music world for uh, not only his guitar playing, but his invention. Um, yeah. Yeah. He invented obviously the the Les Paul style guitar solid body electric guitar and he also invented a lot of the technology that went that goes on with uh, electric guitar and also recording so he was one of the first people to start overdubbing and developing that recording technology mm. uh, which of course is a standard part of recording today um, and he also invented and developed a lot of the devices that go along with uh guitars um like pedals and effects and yeah. delays and all this kind of stuff yeah um, just a gu- guitar godfather if you will yeah yeah definitely and uh chet atkins also is a sort of um jack of all styles i guess you could say i mean he, he was primarily known as a country player and was a kind of a major player in developing Nashville and the Nashville sound and country music and all that stuff. But he was also a virtuoso guitar player and he not only played country, played jazz and blues and rock and reportedly even classical. I've never heard him do that, but that's what I read. Um, And this album is, these two guys, these two guitar players who you can tell they're good friends and they're just kind of a couple of goofballs, really, if you if you listen to this album. Yeah. And it's really just these two guys uh, just sort of hanging out and jamming as a kind of vibe that you get. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, in, in, in between the tracks where you hear them talk, you, you get the feeling that, you know, they're they're definitely very comfortable with each other, you know, even, you know, kind of ribbing each other through the tracks you know talking junk to each other that yeah they you definitely you can tell they have a great chemistry uh working together and when when you talk about chet atkins too and, and his association with nashville listening to the both of them and i i like i like country music i'm not a huge fan of country music but you definitely hear more than than country music between the two of them i mean they they can just flat out play first of all and you know, I, I hear jazz and what they're doing. I hear definitely some rock or even rockabilly at times yeah. in what they're doing, where it kind of it kind of goes back and forth between rock and country and a uh, little blues. They they could just play. I mean, it seems like whatever you put in front of them. And like you said, I, I hadn't heard any of the classical stuff. Not not yet, but they could definitely play guitar. The both of them are very, very skilled. Oh, definitely. And we're going to start with this track Caravan that has a very. Uh, I want to say almost gypsy feel, almost kind of uh, Django Reinhardt-ish feel, but definitely, you know, they put their own stamp on it. Um, and it sounds like they're just having, well, I mean, really through the whole album, it sounds like they're just having a great time the whole time. Yeah. Um, but this is no exception. And, and, you know, you can really hear what these guys can do on this track. Um, yeah, anything you want to say about Caravan before we play it? Oh no, man! Let, let's get to it. I, I, I know I want to hear. It. There's a couple other people I know that want to hear it too. So, okay, man, let's get to it. 
This is Caravan by Chet Atkins and Les Paul. just heard Caravan by Chet Atkins and Les Paul from their album Chester and Lester and we're going to move on to Avalon and the track for this is really cool and also strange to hear on a studio album that was released when you listen to this whole track from this album it 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 sounds like you're listening to raw studio footage that was unedited Mm -hmm. and then just slapped on the record because you have one version in the beginning that's just kind of a slower version. And then in the in the middle of the track, uh, Chet Atkins comes in and just basically says, uh, that was okay, but we need to play it this fast. And he starts sort of uh, trash talking almost, um, <laughs> Les Paul, and, yeah. <laughs> starts play, and starts the tune again, but way faster. And so then they play the tune again but in a much faster tempo. And then in the middle of that, while everybody's playing, they start talking to one another about about, like Chet Atkins starts talking about how he had this gig with some symphony and he played the whole thing with his fly open. (laughs) And then, and then Les Paul is like, you know, says something and, uh, Chet, Chet Atkins says, um, yeah, I'm just, what did he say? He said something like, yeah, I'm just going to leave it out. Or I, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. You just have to, you have to hear it. And, <laughs> and then in the end, you know, um, uh, Les Paul's like, "Oh, leave, leave it in, man. Leave it in. You know, it's all blah blah." So anyway, there, there's a bunch of weird stuff on this track. And again, like it, it sounds like a studio take that would never have been released. But um, yeah, it's it's just like, you know, they're just hanging out and having fun and playing music. So. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing about it. The, the music itself is so good. Yeah, you, you know, no, most of the time, no one will want to hear two guys kind of jawing back and forth 
with each other like this, but it, but it works because what, what they're doing was, was so great. I mean, it's especially, you know, kind of being, you know, at a place where not a lot of people were. I mean, there were some people that could play as well as them back then, but not too many. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think. Yeah, no, definitely. These guys were, uh, innovators and virtuosos for their time and uh, man left their marks on on music world and the guitar world forever you know like that they're just going to be um, there forever so they're, yeah. they're very very important in that in those worlds so yeah let's check this out this track from Chester and Lester Avalon you know you've been playing a long time and I admire you very much yeah well you've been an old time or two yeah, you know you, been my inspiration but you're playing the damn thing wrong you got to play a little faster see you mean more nervous than that yeah mm-hmm. a, little, a little faster like okay well, not like this loosen up <laughs> just heard Avalon from Chet Atkins and Les Paul from their 1977 album Chester and Lester and we're going to move on to Albert Eiler the uh, saxophone player uh, who really these last two uh, people that we're going to talk about had you know careers that uh, impacted a lot of people and were in a lot of ways very short um so you know very short-lived careers and kind of very tragic ends to both of these artists but first let's talk about albert eiler um and his album spiritual unity from 1965 this is absolutely a free jazz album yeah uh it's i think the first purely free jazz album we've heard i mean we've, we've heard other jazz albums on the show so far that have incorporated some elements of free jazz, but this is free jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no real structure, you know, no real, it seemed like, you know, 
traditional form of, of any kind, but but still yet very good. Just just to hear the tone of what he's doing, you know, is 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 just fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, free jazz was all about just the pure expression of the artist. And it was about, you know, definitely less about melody and structure and more about just spontaneous, raw feeling and timbre or, you know, the sound of what was going on. Um, so the first track we're going to listen to is called Ghosts from his album Spiritual Unity. And anything you want to say about this or? No, let's let's get into it. Yeah, we got to hear it to you just you got to hear this to uh, to uh, really know what's going on. So let's check this out. Ghosts from Albert Ayler. <laughs> just heard ghosts by albert ayler from his album spiritual unity and uh we're going to move on to his track spirits and you know there's a a theme here i think ghosts and spirits you know i think a theme throughout his life was uh this feeling of spirituality and music you Mm -hmm. know of really exploring um these kind of things in in music this is part of the free jazz of just uh pure emotional exploration um i don't know anything you want to say about this one well i listened to this track a a couple of weeks back and and posted it on my my facebook page and um it's just a great way i believe that he was trying to express his feelings about you know what you would call i guess spirits you know um, you know, intangibles, well, however you want to look at it. And, um, you know, when, when I first listened to it, it was the first thing I'd ever heard from him and, uh, just gave me a, a, a good kind of leaning of, of, of what he was trying to do. And, you know, if you, I guess if you never really listened to, to any kind of jazz and maybe this was like the first thing you'd ever heard from a jazz musician, you might not like it. But, uh, for me, it was just good to, kind of get into you know the the sound he was trying to put out you know especially with a saxophone i mean most people you know i guess if you if you hear saxophone it's going to be melodic and harmonic but a lot of this was not you know not in a traditional sense for for sure and um 
even even at, at times kind of sounded moody and, and somewhat dark this track does um yeah well you know yeah th- this definitely um you know falls under this category of uh a, a type of music that is not going to fall under most people's preconceptions of what music is supposed to be and I think that's uh, why a lot of people hear something like this and they immediately are like, oh, I don't like this. It's because most of us, everybody, uh, myself included, uh, even though I, I try to to uh, rise above it, but uh, we all have our preconceptions of, about what music is and what it's supposed to be. And when we hear something like this that, that doesn't conform to those definitions, I think our first impulse is just to reject it. Just so, you know, say, yeah. what is this? Is this is nonsense? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think you just uh, you kind of have to take this for what it is, you know, and not for what it's not. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So um, let's check it out. Um, this is "Spirits" by Albert Eiler. That was Spirits from Albert Eiler. Um, and uh, I mentioned, you know, the the tragic nature of these uh, two guys, Albert Eiler and Baby Huey, which we're going to check out next. And apparently Albert Eiler recorded through the 60s and um, tried to do a couple different things in the late 60s, which weren't really that well received. And apparently committed suicide in uh, yeah. 1970. They found his body in the East River, right in New York. Yeah, he yeah they found him in New York. I, I think um, you know he had been having some emotional issues for sure, and um, you know maybe some issues with narcotics and and just uh, when when you when you're a musician and people may or may not understand you, you know I, I imagine it can get very frustrating and. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you can either deal with it as it is or maybe not deal with it so well. And I think he he kind of had the latter where he eventually it, it, it kind of got to him to the point of where, you know, he just couldn't take it anymore. He had a, a certain vision. He knew what that vision was. But, 
you know, not really being able to share it with as many people as he wanted, you know, and, and the industry sort of, you know, kind of dismissing him, you know, it just it just got very, very hard. And, you know, it's, it's sad that, you know, kind of postmortem that, you know, people kind of see it more now than they did then. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, and uh, that'll that'll lead us into Baby Huey. He had an equally tragic end, um, kind of kind of different. We can talk about that after we talk about the music. Uh, the next artist we're going to look at is Baby Huey and the Babysitters from the album "The Baby Huey Story: The Living Legend" from 1971. And uh, this album was actually released posthumously. Um, you know, after. Huey had died. Um, we're going to start with this track, Hard Times. And I don't know, what did you think of this track? Um, very tough groove. That's, that's the first thing I, I, about all his music. I mean, it, it's just kind of jam music where it's, it's, it's not really rocking, but it, it has like a funk edge to it where, you know, that, that was the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, man, this is jamming. Like, um, the, the one person that comes to my mind um, sort of kind of is, uh, I'm trying to think of this guy's name. I want to say it, he played with Jimi Hendrix in, in Band of Gypsies. Uh, uh, Buddy Miles, I think. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. And uh, th- that, that's what this kind of reminds me of is what he did. Um, and it just it just kind of has like a, you know, kind of gut-like groove where it's, it's just low down. And uh, I guess apparently the guy was, a, he was like a big dude. Um, yeah, obviously the, the name Baby Hugh. I think they say it was like 350 pounds. And, well, uh, I, I read that um, towards the end of his life he was over 400. Oh wow, yeah, man. And uh, just you know, I, I think that kind of added to the, the presence they, that he had on stage, where you just see this this massive guy come out here, and you're like, man, look at him, you know. And then he just comes out there and just lays it down. And you're like, whoa. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I like this tune, man. It's like you said. It's it's got a great groove. It, the, you know the the groove, the beat. Um, I mean, it's to me, it sounds like twenty years ahead of its time. It sounds mm-hmm. like a hip hop beat. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, he may have been. He's probably been sampled. I would. It would not shock me at all. Uh, not at all that that if his some of his music I mean I, I don't know anything in particular but I, I listen to that I, I'm pretty sure somebody sampled some of his stuff well let me tell you <laughs> um, it has been uh, let's see hard times has been sampled by a lot of people including ice cube uh, a tribe called quest ghostface killer um, and others and just like I told you or I, I I sent you this right before we started recording yeah I saw that about John Legend and the Roots yeah I, I saw that they, they they did a cover on the that wake up album they did together yeah that I, I think I heard that but didn't know that it was him you know yeah uh, so that's interesting <laughs> yeah there's a video on YouTube of uh, John Legend and the Roots in the studio with this song it's great oh, okay it's great yeah um so yeah let's check this out let's just hear um what baby huey and the babysitters are all about this is their track hard times 
just heard Hard Times by Baby Huey and the Babysitters, and we're going to move on to another tune of theirs called Listen to Me. Um, this tune was interesting to me because the, you know, it starts with this kind of, you know, groove, this like funky groove that you would expect, and then uh, later on in the song, it, it turns into this really, uh, as you would say, Mitch, like really tough groove with this uh, it's hard to explain but I'll I'll play it um this really uh long vocal line cu- um doubled with electric guitar which is this really interesting melodic line you know over this kind of punctuated groove that the rest of the band is doing I just thought it was super cool and it really yeah. unusual and, and interesting yeah yeah um what would you think of listen to me uh, I loved it. Just uh, another side of them where, like you said, uh, the, the song kind of starts off one way and then it kind of flips at the end. And, um, you know, definitely something that I, I had never heard before and, and definitely enjoyed. Um, but uh, I, um, I don't know. You said this, this came out after he, he had passed yeah, yeah. This this okay. album was released after he had died. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know uh, about any of his other stuff than what we listened to, but I, I definitely would like to hear some more what what he has. Uh, I think this was the only album. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he, they came up in the late '60s in Chicago, and uh, they were seen by Curtis Mayfield perform, and uh, they went into the studio and recorded some you know they were recording stuff in the studio and uh in 1970 i can't remember the exact date um baby huey was found dead you know in his hotel room from an overdose of heroin a heart attack oh, 
Um, yeah, and uh, so, so he he literally he literally died before they could really get any sort of yeah recognition right off from him. Yeah, yeah, before wow. before the album was even released, he 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 died. So, um, and and I I read you know when it f- was first released, it wasn't really that big of a success. You know, uh, it wasn't really widely played. But since then, in the years since then, it's really seen as you know one of the finest recordings from that era mm. and has really uh, influenced a lot of musicians since then. So mm. obviously with the the number of people that, that picked up on them and definitely sampled them, I mean, you know, a couple of decades later, I guess, but um, yeah, that's something else, man. That, yeah. It's very, very tragic indeed. Uh, the last couple of individuals we talked about. But. Yeah. Yeah. So let's check this out. Um, This track from Baby Huey and the Babysitters, Listen to Me. Listen to me by Baby Huey and the Babysitters, and that is going to do it for this week's 1,000 Recordings podcast. Um, I had a, <laughs> a blast listening to all this stuff. Oh, yeah, this was again, you know, a bunch of stuff I'd never heard. So this was an interesting week for me. Oh yeah, yeah, um, me too. Yeah. Um, if you want to email us, and please do send an email to 1,000 Recordings Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash 1000RP, and you can go to the website at 1000RP.blogspot.com, and also follow us on Facebook, uh, where we post a lot of extra stuff on there. Yeah, and, thanks, uh, for, thanks, thanks for the likes on Facebook, Facebook fam. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, that's it's awesome. It's really cool. Um, 
And uh, next week, man, I'm super excited for next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just uh, next week, it basically, it's almost all Bach. We've got <laughs> four albums of Bach. And it's going to end with bad brains. Dude, I love it. Go. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this, this is, this is, it's fun. You know, especially if anybody who loves music, a variety of music, you know, to, to hopscotch like that is that I love that kind of stuff. You know, just, you know, it, it never gets old to me. You know, the, the things going on in music, especially undiscovered things. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to next week too. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, until then, uh, I get, I hope you have a good week. You too, man. You too. It's it's good talking to you again. Good good podcast. Yeah, good podcasting with you again. Y- yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll be in touch obviously over the week about the music, but um, yeah. Until next time, uh, I need to come up with some like ending phrase because I always say that it's like until next time. Then I'm like, I don't know what to say now. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, until next week, um, this is Anthony Joseph Landman and Mitchell Davis. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in more cool music next week. All right. Bye, everybody. All right. Later. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it in, man. Two dirty old men. <laughs> You can't make it one way. Pornography on record. Uh, The massage parlor, you and I, huh? Got our own thing. Uh...